cover of night People are drowning in a sea of light The devil's holding your life on the I know what you're thinking. We've already been teasing, titulating, getting you aroused, getting you wet. And here we are on a beautiful Sunday morning. We're here for that afternoon delight. We're here after the sun goes down. Just said it was the afternoon delight, and now it's the I hate afternoon delight. Are you just covering all time? Yes, I'm We're covering all time. Every part of the day is for fucking groove. Yes. Except for Afternoon. I hate that song, Afternoon Delight. Well, it's an awful song. It's an awful song because it it brings up images of hippies fucking, like, hairy, greasy hippies fucking. Fuck that. I don't like that. You want to be hippies. a clean fuck. And then after you're done fucking, you want to get into the fucking shower and clean off. Right. Get that funk off your dick. You got to get the funk off. Griff, question. How can a show as awful as Baywatch produce one of the greatest spinoffs of all time, Baywatch Nights? I I don't even know. And before we get into it, I should even be here. I'm supposed to be playing D&D with my friends down in Chelsea, Michigan. And here we are. But it's okay. Wow. I guess I'm not your friend. Uh, Of course you're my friend. Well... We have to keep our friendships so far apart because friends don't make the best business partners. And, of course, we have the most fluent business. And you're going to learn about a new business venture come Wednesday. Yeah, we're taking investors. We are taking investors. But you'll have to wait till Wednesday to hear about yeah, it. That's called a teaser in the biz. In that's the podcast right. podcast biz is called a hot tease. That's right. And so it just so happens I talked about how my car broke down, and here we are. I can't get out to Chelsea, Michigan to play D&D. And so Murray says, well... I know a certain thing we could do. Maybe record a tippy tap for the fine folks. Yeah, I, I last week I said you're not getting any tippy taps because oh my god, you know how draining, not only of our juices but of our minds. Right. Sex thriller month has been, and we're only halfway through it, and we're already just drained. Oh yeah. I forgot that today, as you're listening, it's the resurrection of our Lord and. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're going to we, give you somebody completely different. Yeah, we're going to give you the other option. The Antichrist. Yes. Uh, and who would be the Antichrist of one little Golden Globus theater? Wow, Murray, you just happen to be wearing his face right now on your shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing it in honor of our friend Phil DeGlass who got us these shirts. Thank you, Phil. Robert Ginty. Whoa. If we can't turn you on with Robert Ginty... All is lost because apparently we're not we're not uh, doing our side of the bargain. People are bitching, they're moaning, not in the good moan, not in the good moan, the bad moaning about us not being sexy enough. So mm. I said, first thing I think is Hasselhoff when I think about sex yeah. appeal, and then I, next thing I think is Baywatch Nights, yeah, because it's the greatest show ever put on TV. Yeah, 
for people who are new to us, if you, you sex fiends people that just started listening to us because you wanted to hear us talk about sex, let me tell you what Baywatch Nights is. Because a lot of people don't know. Paul London, a man of the world, man has traveled the world. Yeah. Man's been to Japan, Griff. Never even knew Baywatch Nights existed. Yeah. He, he's watched every Baywatch episode just in case Lauren Evanen showed up. Yeah. And he did in one episode and we covered it. Yeah. Go check that out. Baywatch Nights, okay. Mitch Buchanan, the character played by the great David Hasselhoff, saving lives during the day is not enough for him. After the sun goes down, as the, the theme song told us, he is a private detective. And in season one, which we're covering, we've never... we've we've This is our first. We've never covered season one. Season two is our jam. Yeah, and I looked it up. three episode, eight seal, which yeah. was about a demonic child. I think child. we've done four. Oh, Maybe. Uh, we did Zargatha, of course. Yeah, we did the Frozen Viking. Yes, Frozen Viking. And I swear we did another kind of demonic episode. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. I just know the demon girl. The well, yeah, let me explain. Mitch Buchanan is a private detective, and he solves crimes. And then they realize by season two, World Run, that's not enough. Yeah. Paranormal crimes. Right. So they totally changed, and I don't know how you can improve it, but they improved the premise of Baywatch Nights season one, season two. I, you know, I looked up, I said, I got to have these for, I can't trust the internet with this. I have to have hard copies of this. I looked it up. As, they have to have a DVD, DVD set of uh, Baywatch Nights. They don't, Griff. Of course they don't. Europe, they do. They get it in Europe. Well, yeah. The copy we have on YouTube is from Europe. Yes. Yeah. They get it. Why isn't that? We you know we make things happen, Griff. I want Baywatch Nights. Vinegar Syndrome. We'll hear this because we have a direct line to them. <laughs> yes. They are the ones who put They're out They're going to be supplying our porn that you'll hear about Wednesday. Guys, you'll hear about it. Of course, they'll have to use it on vintage equipment and everything. Of you'll, again, you'll hear about it. So just keep your ears awaiting. This is our SNM. Me and Murray talk about the next episode, how we're not really big into the SNM scene. Not my thing. It's not our thing in the bedroom. No. Yet... Here we are before we pleasure the people with a great movie like Eight Millimeter, yeah. and we're giving them Ginty. We are. We're not talking about Ginty's penis when we said Eight Millimeter. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we are torturing them before we pleasure them. Well, I've, we look. Jesus suffered. Ergo, you need to suffer. That's right. So okay. you will be born anew right. after listening after to our listening episode. This, there will be two people, the person you are now and the person you used to be. That's right. And we want the person you are now. And I, I can't wait to hear you guys tell us about the person you were. And no, I don't care about the person you were. I want to know the person you're going to be. Right. I imagine they're going to say, I used to be this type of person. Now I'm this person. You know? That's going to be... I, I can't wait to hear that. Like, I used to be a guy who complained about the movies you cover for yep. uh, Sex Thriller Month, and now I'm a guy who appreciates them for the genius that they are. I can see the YouTube comments already. Where's the fucking episode? And, it's going to turn yeah. into, my God, you guys did a great job, and I Googled it and found it. Well, that would infuriate me more because all episodes of Baywatch Tonight are available on YouTube. So if someone yelled at us on YouTube, but we're, I go, I go, how about... Typing in Baywatch Nights. That's where the episode is, or you fuck. Baywatch Nights, the episode name, or the season episode number. million different ways. Easy as fuck to find. If we get that, I will murder people. Look, Ginty Look. is trash. We all know that. He's miscasting everything except this episode. This just shows the genius of David Hasselhoff. He figured out the way to make... Uh, Ginty work. That's right. Why? 
Ginty is playing the role he was born to play. Steve the Scrotum Sax, sex phone operator. I wish Murray were making that name up. No, I'm not. It's on his business cards that we see Mitch frustrate over. There's yeah. a clue in here somewhere. No. SS Ventures. It's yeah. right in the fucking yeah. name. Steve the Scrotum Sack. Perfect. He was born to play this character. Sleazy, greasy, jowly, oh, howly. The jowls are out of control. <laughs> He's chewing Twizzlers, and they're just falling out of his oh, mouth. God. It was oh. just the, why, why the close-ups of the mouth? I don't know. And Carl Weathers did not direct this. No, uh, we have not. seen some... I, I, we do need to mention season two. You said paranormal. Baywatch and Ice goes paranormal. Yeah. First season, apparently David Hasselhoff is a big fan of Renegade. Yeah. You well, yeah. You you heard that outlaw Renegade theme yeah. song we opened with with the harmonica breakdowns and everything. Yeah. It, he's doing Renegade. Trying. Trying yeah. to. And he does voiceovers and. Yeah, it's it's Renegade meets Magnum. Yeah. I I I don't. I know I can already. I feel the hatred coming off our weapons master Jack Battle. Oh my about god! This. There's not a lot of weapons in this series. Though. Yeah, but I'm saying Jack, let it slide. We realize Hasselhoff is no Tom Selleck. Yeah, but he's trying to channel some Magnum energy. I believe he even drives a Ferrari. He does a red yeah. Ferrari in this at least this episode, and he's doing voiceovers, which we know that's the realm of Magnum. We so, might we might. Pipe in a voiceover, especially when he gets into the physics world. Yeah, when he talks, because yeah. that's that's definitely Mitch's world talking yeah. physics. Uh, and then the, what was the other thing I wanted to get? I don't remember. Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll figure it out. Okay. Well, this uh, episode had a great title: Nine Seven Six Ways to Say I Love You. We're going back to the '90s when nine seven six phone lines were a thing. Right. I remember back in the day. We I. I Touch on it more on our next episode. My buddy Larry worked in an adult bookstore. You'd see the mags. Half of it, half of the magazine would be phone sex lines. Interesting. Did you ever, for a prank, for no, fun? No, I was never, never interested in that. No. Never? In, no, not even for like, I mean, I well, know it's you cost, didn't. Well, first of all, it costs money. Yeah. A lot of money for those. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I think they would. Well, Mitch says $2 a minute. And. Even now, that's too much for me. Yeah, it's eight. Let alone nineteen ninety six or whenever this episode 96, came out. Yeah. So no, I didn't fuck with those. Okay, I'm a more visual guy. Show me something. You definitely like don't you don't like having anything blown into your ear. No, we learned that about Murray. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, blowing in someone's ear is that even a thing? ASMR is a thing for a reason. Well, I don't like ASMR. We it's learned from our Octagon episode. Yeah. Check that one out. It's not sexual ASMR. It just gives you the brain tingles, the spine but tingles. What is that even? I don't even understand that. It's a thing. Like it definitely like when you hear that I don't soothing. D- it. Please stop. Please stop. See. Well, it doesn't help when you're staring into my soul when you're doing it. That doesn't help. It's the only way I know how to stare <laughs> into the soul. It's a, the eyes are the doorway to the soul. That's right. And so, of course, 1996, as you mentioned. Something like that. I don't know the exact year. but Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's like in the mid-90s. But you're right. It's This is the age of phone sex is super perverted, and everybody is outraged by it. And Tim Ju- not, not by this uh, episode. It's per- not perverted at all. It's boring in a way. I'd be like, really? Well, no. You're going to got- eat me up like in a, with a spoon? What does that mean? What? You can go to, do- where was I? 
I was in Dallas, Texas, and a guy was just handing me Dallas like, Connection. Dallas Connection. You're making he, you're making a Dallas Connection. There was a guy with the giant crucifix telling us Jesus is going to uh, cure us of our sins or whatever, and next to him was a guy handing out little porno slips. You know, call this girl, call this girl, that candy? kind of thing. Was with, it a standard candy? It was standard candy. Yeah. Uh and and teenage nurse. That's the kind of shit you get on street street level now, as opposed to here where you have to buy the fucking mags to find the fucking numbers. Well, yeah, you had to. You had to. This is this is why I don't. Under, I don't. I don't understand why kids aren't getting laid now. It's never been more easier. Like you really had to work for it. Maybe that's why it is. You, the kids take it for granted now. They're like, I can see whatever I want to see now, so I don't need to get laid. I mean, that's one thing that people throw out there. I, uh, you had to work. You had to earn it, Griff. You had to earn it. I just, I don't know. Just people seem to suck now. Everybody, except for our show. Except for our show. Theater. All right, we're gonna get into this episode. Nine, seven, six ways to say I love you. We start out with that outlaw renegade theme, and then we cut over to Mitch and Garner, his partner, who's not in the second season. Yeah, they did a total revamp in season two. I think Ryan did Ryan? make the transition. Yep. But Garner did not. His black former cop friend. Gonna, also, we don't. Lou, the singer Lou Rawls apparently is a guy bankrolling Mitch. We don't see him in this episode, but I believe he shows up. And he did sing the opening song. Oh, so Mitch is being bankrolled. I believe so. A la I'm, Robert I'm, Masters the Third. I'm seriously just pulling this out of my ass. I don't know, but oh, I'm okay. assuming why is Lou Rawls involved with this? Good show? call. But yes, they're on a stakeout as PIs do. And they're on like a fucking backwoods, back route road. It's farm An asparagus town. farm. Yeah, asparagus farm. And those asparagus is asp- Popeye would those say. Those asparagus, asparagus. Are, Make your pee smell. They're tall at this time of year. You know, these things are fucking eclipsing nine Elephant's and a half feet. Elephant's eye. Elephant's eye? I've never heard that one. It's from the song Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Corn grows high as an elephant's eye, I believe. And the 4th of July. Yes. Yeah. They're on a stakeout. There's a big meat come a big a monkey hustle, if you will, is going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of monkey hustling happening. Probably since nobody listened to that episode, you probably have no idea what we're talking yeah, about. Go but, listen to that episode. Yeah. Fuck you. This is a tippy tap. We keep it short. Right. This guy, he's got a lot of contraband. Contraband laser disc players is what he's selling. That's right. Which was huge in the '90s. Oh my god. Pablo Escobar, he didn't sell cocaine. Mm-mm. He sold, he wrapped laser discs with cocaine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because people wanted laser discs so badly, <laughs> even in the 90s. Yeah. It's fucking uh, customs. They would take the cocaine and throw it away or burn it up or take it to a cool police party or whatever. And the laser disc would go to Pablo Escobar. So he pulls a monkey hustle. He pulls up to this ramshackle gas station, I think it was. He, random guy. He's a nerd. Some nerd geek. Geek. Goes. To drain the vein in the sluts room. Meanwhile, our detectives, our PIs rather, are sitting out on a stakeout in the middle of the farm. Got that KFC right next to him. Mitch. Mitch, Mitch's got the binoculars up to his face and he's reaching in and pulls out a rib bone and no, starts gnawing on it. He pulls out a drumstick bone. Was it's, it a it's KFC, Griff. Well, Murray, if you look closely, it was a rib bone. I don't believe you're right. I believe that was a drumstick bone okay once again it's kfc i don't believe kfc sells kentucky fried ribs uh i'm sorry but david hasselhoff has next level jokes check the tape everybody it's on youtube nine seven six ways say i love you then tell everyone tell griff he's wrong and he goes to not and it's like it's a great joke it's like 
I already ate. The, we've been doing this so long. I already ate this. That's right. Finger licking good delicious food. chicken. And of course, he didn't want to have the black guy go for the fried chicken because we know even '96 we were still we were learning. We were evolving. We're learning. By then. Yeah. We didn't understand that everybody loves fried chicken. Everybody does. Everybody loves fried who? chicken. Who? Seriously. Have you ever met anyone who hates fried chicken? If you did, Aside from people who gave up meat and everything? Yeah, well, I can see for ethical reasons, but taste reasons? What right, the fuck's wrong with you? Right, except for taste fucking reasons. No, you eat the Seven fried chicken. Seven special little herbs and spices it's or so. It I mean, I wouldn't say KFC's the best. It's all right. I like but it. I would eat it. Yeah. If it was there, I would eat it. Uh, and so as we watch the nerd get in, he pulls up with his car, and there's a couple, like, truckers, and we're in the middle of nowhere. And you see one guy working on a semi. So nerd pulls up, opens his trunk, and then walks into the Menzo bathroom. Yeah. And then these guys start pawing through literally Barbie boomboxes, like $10 Barbie pink boomboxes. In blister packs and everything. Like, it's the cheapest shit. And Mitch with his <laughs> binoculars... Holy fuck! We got thousand dollars, eight hundred dollars, nine thousand dollars right there. And just as they're about to go Do in, you hear something? No. Somebody's getting crop dusted. Yeah, they get some cut fucking giant cloud of poisonous gas just goes over <laughs> them, and it's all right. They just turn. White. They pull They're their binoculars dusty. down and they just have two little yeah, I circles. Thought was, white face is kind of offensive. To well, me. Yeah, I'm a white sorry. man, a person, I found that offensive. White face. I'm sorry. So they head back to the office, and again, you said it. This is like Renegade. This is like Magnum. You get a little voiceover. I always knew it was going to be hard to get into the PI business, and so I read a book, and it told me when things get tough, dust yourself off. Crop duster. Great joke. That's what I'm talking about. Just dust yourself off and keep moving forward. So they're back at the office. It's Garner, Mitch, and Ryan, our female lead. Who's even in season two. Who's even, he made, made the cut. And they're worried. They're like, man, we need to get a case. We are broke. And just as they say that, a lovely young woman named Abby Nichols rolls Addie. Addie, you're right. Addie Nichols. Did you say she had double Ds? I didn't notice that. Uh, she definitely didn't have double Ds. And she needs help. And Garner, immediately with the hazelnut decaf. Yes. Way to a woman's heart. Decaf. Oh, my God. And he's doing the long pour. I want to point out, he's wearing a baseball cap with the brim flipped up, suicidal tendency style, and mm -hmm. it, it enraged me. It's okay. I, I don't it. like any of the headwear Garner has in this movie, and he, at this show, and he, he has a lot. He does not look confident, comfortable in any of it. He, yeah. I would get it if it was just a dispute between, like, agree to disagree. No, everything he's wearing goes against him. So they go, lovely young lady, why are you here? Why do you need us? And she says, well, my boss, Francis O'Reilly, it's not O'Reilly, it's not Bob O'Reilly, it's Francis Cicerelli. Well, no, the IMDb says Francis O'Reilly, and what I heard was Fran Cicerelli. It is. It's Francis O'Reilly. Okay, I end to be wrong. God, that's what this why they fucked it up. It's it's Francis O'Reilly, not Francis O'Reilly. I mean, I can IMDB it right no, now. No, I believe you, but they they're so stupid. Like they read it, they think they heard it as Francis <laughs> O'Reilly instead of Francis O'Reilly. That's what they were saying, right? They were saying Francis O'Reilly. Yes. Yeah. That's what I kept hearing and i was so annoyed when i went to imdb and it said francis o'reilly i was like 
Right. What? They heard it wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, she owes her two grand, which even now is a lot of money to me. Because she's like, I know it's not that much money. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. I'd kill a motherfucker if you owe me two grand. And didn't For clarity, me. Fran owes Addie the two grand. Because Addie is working as a phone sex operator. And, well, she was like, you know, those 976 numbers. And then Mitch is me like, yeah, phone sex. Suck your toes. Yeah. Eat your dick. Blow in my ear. Two dollars a minute. Everyone looks at him like, how do you know? I saw the ads. Uh, I was working a case late one night, and the ad just kind of came up on TV. And then he's like, don't sh- don't kink shame me. And so she's like, yeah, she's been working for this woman. I've been talking to her, and she finally agreed. And they didn't believe her. They're like, no fucking way could a sweet little innocent Midwestern girl like you be doing phone sex. She goes, oh, yeah? Well, let me show you. She's got a little jean jacket with, like, a tank top on and everything, and so she unbuttons the jean jacket, and we see no fucking cleavage, nothing. It's very chaste. Very nothing. I felt so bad for this actress. Oh, no. I thought I would... It would, I would, if, if Hasselhoff said you have to suck my dick for this part, I go, she got off better than what she had to do right now. <laughs> Guys, there's going to be a little bit of audio, not of Addie, because Addie does a good job here, but of another character, one of our main characters, later doing her yeah, sex phone. With her, she does have that husky voice. She's got a great voice. Well, she could have leaned into it. I great, but. I would say she does. She could have leaned into that. No, she went oh, a different direction. Here. You'll hear that later. But what you will hear right now is Griff doing an impersonation. <laughs> Hello. Oh, what's that you're wearing? Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you what I'm wearing. Yeah. <sighs> That's right. I am blowing in your ear. And I'm wearing a brazier, which rhymes with ear. And then she goes, I was also on a soap opera and uh, Carson's Nightmare. A scene. And then Garner's like, oh, yeah, I remember you from that. You've seen that? Well, I was on a stakeout. Everybody is just like putting themselves out there and getting knocked down. No one's accepting of their friends here, apparently. It's banter. It's banter. It's good banter. So Eddie also says, well, here's the deal. My boyfriend, he's tired of me whoring my voice out. He wants me to quit this. This is beneath me. This is what sluts do. He makes $10 a week. I make $20 an hour, and he's telling me I'm in the wrong. Keeps telling me that he controls my voice and that her, like... Your voice is belongs to me, woman. That's right. You hum my favorite tune into my dick every night. But here's the thing. I can't... Because you're like, well, all right, $50 an hour. I can't afford that. I thought you just took a commission off the... I'd give you 15% of the two grand. And they're like, oh, we need to have a meeting. They they're, literally do the old shtick where they say, don't listen. I'm literally farther away from Griff than they were yeah. from her when they do their meeting. Powwow. And they're just talking. And she's she's no selling it. She's like, I can't hear I can't hear you what you're saying. And right. like, it's a comedy bit. And they're like, we got to do this. We need the money. And then they decide, you know what? We're going to help you. Even though we, we usually don't do this, we'll help you. We'll take 15% commission off the two grand. All right. So everything is set up. They head over. To Fran's last known location, the, right. the, the, the the same place. It's, a, it's like a boiler room where they just have a bunch of girls in a room doing phone sex. Yeah, as far as we see from the out, because we yeah. walk up, we see the it's front in, door. It's in the scruffy part of town, as right. Ryan says. Abandoned buildings that trash everywhere. Everywhere scaffolding, broken glass everywhere. People pretending to work there, but they're just exchanging boxes again. Monkey hustle vibes here. 
and they walk in, they go up to the front door of Fran's office, and they're calling it. There's, well, there's notes. There's notes, post-it notes everywhere. Fran, where the fuck are you? You bitch, where's our mic? There's a fucking fist print in the middle of the door. And we've got three different PIs working against each other. They're not working together. More like PUs. Yeah, more like PUs. Because Fran's trying to call and listen to hear if the phone Ryan rings. Ryan is trying to call. Uh, excuse me. Thank you. Ryan is trying to call and listen into Fran's office. Because they to keep see getting if, an answering machine. Yeah. And they're trying to listen to hear if the phone rings in the door. And then you've got Mitch and Garner who are trying to man up on her and be like, let's read all the fucking notes out loud as you're trying to call. And she's shushing them. and It's not working. And then finally, Ryan goes, did anybody notice the fucking gash in the door here from somebody clearly punching it i think there's some blood i'm gonna take a sample so while she takes a sample M- yeah mitch and garner are like who the fuck cares about that let's that, go down the hall that's nerd shit they're gut guys they're not brain guys right and their gut told them to go around the corner where ss communications offices are available <laughs> ss ventures ventures which stands for steve scrotum's x yeah and we see a we see a goon reading a comic DJ Doom, <laughs> and that could I mean there was this was the '90s comic boom. There probably could have been a comic book called DJ Doom. It's very probably possible. sold 100,000 fucking copies. That's how crazy it got back in the '90s. That is and true. he's just a goon reading it, and they're like, "Hey, excuse me, who is who does this belong to? It's none your business." And then, who? Because they start knocking. The door opens. Because they're up noxious. Before we even see a jowl, we see Nancy Cartwright. Oh, that's right. The voice of Bart Simpson and Scientologist. That's right. Nancy Cartwright. Yeah. And she's like, can I help you? Don't have a cow, man. Or cowabunga, whatever the fuck Bart says. And then the jowls. The jowls. Right behind. I'm all of a sudden, I'm fucking Marlon Brando in fucking Apocalypse Now. The jowls. The jowls. Mm. It's Ginty. Perfectly cast. Slime ball. Got his baggy 90s suit on. Got his baggy jowls flapping. Can I help you, gentlemen? Do you know a friend, a sis O'Reilly Cicerelli? Never heard of her. And they take no for an answer and they go back outside. We're going to leave you our phone number. Mr. Sack, give us a call if you hear. Yakety Sack, don't talk back. Or do you talk back? They, the, want, they want information. Well, they don't want his sass. That's what I'm saying. Don't oh, okay. Because he is sassing. Oh, yeah. But maybe it's just his face. Maybe Ginty has the disorder where it always. Maybe we got him wrong. No. No, we don't. No, no. he fucked his no. sister in a movie. Yeah, he's he's awful. He started the porn he craze. He wanted to sister. fuck his sister in a movie. His sister had the decency to say no. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's true. But then he had a uh, he paid. By the way, it. we're talking about White Heat, the greatest. White Heat, White Fire. White Fire. It's White. White fire. Heat is a Black Flag song. White Fire. Look into that. We yeah. did that episode as well. Yeah, the one sentence pitch. Pays to have another woman get surgery to look like his sister and then fucks her. her. Yeah. And we're back to Mitch and uh, Garner. They forgot about Ryan. They're just going to the car to leave. They're like, let's go to the fucking... uh Well, remember, Ryan was busy getting evidence. Yeah. Doing detective work. And they were like, we're just going to go fucking talk to anybody who's around. So they're leaving. They go back to the car and they're like, we told Ryan. how How are we leaving this out? 
Hasselhoff is wearing the baggiest <laughs> leather jacket with a gigantic Adidas on the back and this horrible, horrible <laughs> patch that says Adidas on the breast. It looks like it was pocket. printed on uh, toilet paper. It and looks like glorious underwear from Body Double. Check that out if you yeah. have it. Plastered on his chest and then Adidas writ scrawled in marker. It's awful. I'm pretty sure he wore the baggy jacket in every Baywatch Nights. I believe so. Because this sounds very familiar. Yeah, he said he definitely wore it at least some of the episodes. Right. We actually watched this when we first learned about Baywatch Nights and Robert Ginty. We did the Robert Ginty. Yes. That was like the eighth seal or whatever one. He's done double duty. Yeah. That was no, that was yeah, that was the other episode. So we there have was done the one four. where the girl this gets is... possessed, and there's the one where Ginty's ghost. Yes. This is the fifth Baywatch Nights week. Because this show is fascinating. Yes. You gotta watch especially season two. Especially watch after the sun goes down. <laughs> so we head down so to that like, car. Where's Ryan? She would we told her, you're a woman. Go wait in the car for the men to do the work. She's up on. She's doing her own work. She's up on a scaffolding, looking into that office they were trying to get into. She's calling it again, staring at that answering machine, and it's not picking up. Not picking up, but at it all. is picking up on the receiver. Right, and so Mitch shows up, and he's just like, "What are you doing? Get down here!" And as he's saying that, his spidey sense, his Mitchy sense, goes off. Yeah, there's a truck, a construction truck filled with monkey hustle cardboard boxes. Just and empty boxes. Two construction no. workers just chilling on the tailgate. Right. Scaffolding just erected for no reason, right. apparently. Yeah. And then a truck comes barreling toward them. Garner and Mitch bail out. The construction guys just chill. They don't care. They just stay in their truck. A Bronco. Bronco hit the most violent of all cars. Exactly. Hits the scaffolding. It goes crashing. It just so happens that Ryan has a rope nearby. There's a pulley system because they were like pulling shit up to the top of the scaffold. Oh my god! So she's on, she's the counterweight to yes. this to this whatever they put in the basket on the other side. It's vibranium, apparently, and it weighs uh, a metric ton. It has to. Yet somehow she's balancing on it. Exactly. And she's like, Mitch, Mitch, their fucking husky voice. So uh, Garner chases after the Bronco to get a license plate. Yeah. And we Mitch got, has got to jump right into action. Mitch jumps into action and starts scaling a gate, which, of course, we see that it's the same body double in the Baywatch episode was, we did. No, that was not a body. That was fucking hot. You think that was hot? I don't think I know. He you looked know? right in the camera. <laughs> okay. Now, when he gets on the, the fire escape, maybe that's... His, okay. But I couldn't help but... I was staring at his black shoes with his white tube socks. I hated that, too. Yeah. And as he's doing this, he's doing another voiceover, and he's explaining to the audience, I have to be in business with a strong, independent woman and a proud black man, and they get me in trouble way too much. But he comes to the rescue. He uses himself as a counterweight. Let's her, well, he jumps on with her, so they slide down. Right. Now they're at, she maybe weighs 120, Mitch, 6 foot 8, 270, perfect scalp, perfect fucking hair. Yeah. They barely counterweight. Like, they're slowly. They're struggling to hold this vibranium up. Yeah, exactly. Cut the commercial. Ridiculous. We're back. We're at Addie's place. Or is it her place? No, because she is house-sitting. Because the, her and her boyfriend are broke. Her boy, her boyfriend Darren, is working on his dirt bike. You forget, don't forget about the best actor in this episode, the dog. The dog was great. A dog runs up, welcomes I Mitch. Did, it didn't make me laugh later in the episode. 
as dogs will do. He just walks into the actress. And she's got to like push him away. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. But uh, it's like a golden retriever. Great. And so, yeah, we meet Addie and her possessive controlling boyfriend, Darren. Um, He's such a dude. Just like Darren from Bewitch. Always telling their women what to do. I know. And it, it doesn't help. And I know 90s had a face with the goatee. But you show me a man with a goatee and I'm immediately like, I fucking hate that man. That I'll say that. Yeah. He's working and he's working his dirt bike. Another reason to hate this guy. Yeah, for real. And he's bragging about it. Yeah, I work dirt bike three to five days a week. And even though he they are surviving off of Addy's income from the phone text line, he has to tear that job down any chance he gets. Only whores talk on phone sex lines. That's Right. That's why my Addie, I don't want her doing that. I want her to become the actress she was born to be. So you're like, oh, okay, he's very strong, but he's also very, he's pushing her really hard to be a great actor. So you're right. like. He wants to live off of her, but in his terms. By right. His terms. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's a shit, but he's kind of pushing her in the right direction. I don't know. You're, you're confused by this. The goatee is really throwing Look, me off. She was making $20 an hour in 1996. I, that's incredible. He needs to shut the fuck up. And you know it was under the table. Right. But he still wants to brag about all the money. And so Mitch... He's going to make on his dirt bike dream. Mitch shakes his hand, and it's all covered in oil and everything. But Mitch is cool with it. He's a man. He's like, right. no he's big deal. He's a man's deal. man, yeah. Yeah, he's like, my leather jacket doesn't know anything but oil. So just rubs it off on there. And he's talking, what kind of bike you got here? How many cc's? Is that a fucking hog you got in that engine? And the guy's like, man, I race three to five times a month, and I bring home money, real money, like $100. It's the duck's guts. <laughs> oh, thank you, Murray. God, what was that from? Mad Max. Mad Max, the duck's goose. Oh, goose. So, yeah, he's just bragging. But of course, you know, I got to put I got to reinvest into my product, so I'm always buying shit to fix my car. The my, my bike broke again. And yeah, he like uh Mitch is like, "Yeah, I understand. Whatever." I, I get exactly what you mean. All right, so he's getting nowhere with Addie and Darren. So what's Garner up to? Well, he's talking to a familiar face. We all know and love. You ever seen a Police Academy movie? Okay, I'm going to do my impression, then you do yours. It's Michael Winslow, or as you know him, the black guy from Police Academy. Damn right. Most people call me the white guy, the white version of the black guy. That's right. I mean... As soon as they heard it, they were yeah. like, wait, Tim is Michael Winslow? I am not. That's how great I am. <laughs> he is playing a character who's not a regular. We, 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 maybe, we thought he was. We thought maybe. No, season, he only yeah. did one episode, but yeah. he, he's shown so highly in this episode. He's, he's an a, ex-con that Garner, who we said was an ex-cop, and now he's a PI, right. got him out of some trouble, but now he owes him a favor. That's right. And he hooked him up with a job and a career. Not yeah. just any job, a career. Working for the phone company. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to need you to go ahead and help me trace this callback because we're working this super serious case. And they're bickering over like, well, I'm not sure that's legal. But, you know, they eventually do it. Yeah, Garner's like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm an ex-cop. I can do whatever I want. Right. My hands are tied. I'll put you out. You'll go back to jail. And he's like, all right, whatever you want. So this is what we learned because we we, were, we keep calling her her office and it's never picking up. What is going on, well, you guys? Tell- you're gonna 
look, I'm sorry, Mary. We know our fans are true crime. They've been waiting for us to do our true crime month. I swear to God, it's never going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. We never know how to do that kind of shit. Well, first of all, you're ghouls if you like true crime to begin with. There you go. Uh, I hope someone you love dies and someone makes a podcast about it. we're, We're getting into the first season of serial content here. Because Michael Winslow, our Whistler, is tasked with calling this number with the, I guess they're spo- it's supposed to be like he can trace anything? Sure. It's supposed to be he works for the phone company, so he has the computer system. I think he throws out the hypothesis that there is a thing where you can connect your phone line, your home Forwarding. line. And your and your uh, office line to another, another mobile phone. Yeah. No, it's 100% accurate. Yeah. But what we don't see Michael do, we see him face. Are those trackers accurate? He has a... Trackers? Those trackers they had where it was like, boop, Oh, my boop, God, no. <laughs> There's probably something like that, but no. Uh, and so 1996, we're talking early, 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 early yeah. cell phones. Only Seinfeld had a cell phone at this time. I made a joke about it. Serial, the first season with Adnan and the cell phone tower pings. That's the territory we're getting into. So Michael Winslow... Calls the number he gives her, uh, 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 Garner gives him, and without even looking at his fucking monitor, the computer system he has, he's looking straight forward, listens to it, hears the voicemail, goes, no, this is getting diverted two different ways into a mobile phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a tracker, but I can only get you within a few hundred feet. You're on your own. Yeah, you know about 5G towers, right? Yeah, he could find out what the tower was, but then he had to give you a tracker to go from there. I can get you to within 100 feet of the cell phone tower they used. And, oh, my God, it gets even better because then we go to a commercial break and we come back to Ryan and Garner in the middle of, like, a fucking weird place. A very scruffy part of town, as Ryan said. Right. And Garner goes, I wouldn't find a woman like you around here. She's like, I don't take offense to that. Points up. He's like, let me mansplain cell phone towers for you, little lady. And he points up. That's the way of the future. We're going to have portable fax machines. We're going to have cell phones. You hear of cell phones? People are getting those. People are getting And there are going to be more of those everywhere. But keep them away from schools. Because the parents will flip out. Do you remember when a cell phone first came into your life? Way after. You know, I'm like 10 years after everybody when it comes to technology. I mean, in your household, though. We're still pretty far. I I don't think. I think I've had a profile cell phone for probably 15 years. So like late 2000s. Wow, okay. Because uh, I didn't need one. Right. Now you have to have one. There's no yeah. pay phones anywhere. There's nothing, you know. Right. I was forced to get one. I don't like, you know, I'm the Jim Cornette of the show. I don't like gadgets and all that shit. I don't give a shit. No, I don't. I don't Technology, wanna... it's not my bag. So I had got one when I had to get one. Right. And now I can't stop. I love it. I'm just like, social media, Facebook. What's my Facebook profile? You're just waiting for those thumbs up, those hearts. I'm, yeah. He's always messaging me, Griff. I got five hearts. I, I actually message Griff every time I get a like. That's right. And I get a lot of likes. Yeah. So I get a lot of messages from Murray. He's on mute. <laughs> I wouldn't it. blame you if I did. <laughs> but, yeah, he's mansplaining uh, cell phone towers to her. It's like, that's 4G. That's where you got to stop. Yeah. Don't go to five. Never go to five. Brains explode. Exactly. That's when we become uh, anti-American. We start fighting against our own kind. So they split up with their little tracking devices. Yeah. They go to a zoom in because Ryan asks, well, this got us pretty close, but what are we supposed to do? Wait here all day for Francis O'Reilly to show up or Francis O'Reilly to show up? <laughs> and he goes, 
Oh, don't worry about that. And we do a voiceover. I was looking in as he opens like a gift box. Yeah, that was nice of Whistler to do it. It's like the thing where they cut the foam, like the shape out the foam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a little fucking walkie-talkie device with number readouts on it. a flashing red bulb. So it's like, it's yeah. Like, beep, beep, it's beep, a beeper. Beep. It, yeah. it beeps. It like the device in No Country for Old Men. It beeps at them. And then there's a number readout that never changes just to make it look more authentic. <laughs> And they're following it along. Like it's supposed to be longitude and latitude Maybe, or some yeah, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. And so we never even see Ryan use it because, well, yeah. she's a she woman. She can't figure it out, yeah. And she doesn't even know about 4G towers. So, yeah. of course, she can't figure it out. But Garner is a tech man. Oh, boy. Uh, and so he figures it out. He walks up. He's at like an abandoned car lot. It's just a junkyard. A junkyard. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and then he like yeah. picks a lock. It was just chained up, but he just pulled it off. And then he walks in, and it's just getting... Finds a car. He looks in the window, because he's looking in the passenger window, and he sees a laptop opened up. Oh, my God. My favorite part was he's like, the future is all mobile. Cell phones, correct. Beepers, incorrect. Uh, I forget what else he said. And then he goes, uh, oh, God, wireless fax machines. That's where he got it wrong. Yeah. Well, come on. Yeah, no, it was a good guess. For 1996. It's, no, it's okay. just fun. I, I'm not calling him an idiot. Or and he, not only does he find a laptop open, he finds someone's lap open. Fran O'Reilly Cicerelli. <laughs> Dead body. And Ryan reaches out to him. Hey, did you find her? Well, I found something that's working, and it ain't her. Three whole, oh, yeah, he said, the phone's yeah. still working after three whole fucking days? Yeah, that's more I can say for her. And then he just kicks her to make sure she's dead. <laughs> All right, so it's, the body goes to the ME to, for an autopsy. Apparently, Ryan and this ME, this Asian ME, have a thing together. They have a corned beef thing. They have a corned beef connection. Which is the most beautiful thing. It's got to be. And I never thought about corned beef. I, I that's never all really, I think about is corned beef. I never really eat corned beef. You the, got to on St. Patrick's Day. N- yeah, no, I have never done that. Well, you're supposed to. Um, I did. That's the last time I ate The first beef. time I tried to smoke a brisket, I accidentally bought a corned beef, like a seasoned packet of the beef uh-huh. and everything. Yeah. Do not do that. I won't. It's the saltiest. It, it's I, got you, a brine on it. It was inedible. It was awful. But, uh, yeah, she gets it in a giant gallon bucket of mayo type jar it was i thought it was a fetus it looked like i a thought fetus. it was an eight month fetus i thought they were doing satanic shit yeah i thought it was a prop no, from... it's just a delicious corned beef in a jar i thought it was a prop from the movie Mason alien jar yeah yeah they're, they're corned beef buddies yeah. and he is like hey examining the body i noticed something on the ring some blood well clearly this person was murdered strangled from behind from behind but I also noticed that they have this very peculiar ring on their finger. Well, yeah, and we also learned that this ME is really into autoerotic fixation. It's like, oh, you you can be choked from behind and mm-hmm. still grab onto somebody mm-hmm. because I do it all the time. It's very sexy. You got to get the right partner, you know, somebody who's up to your level. So, yeah, he's like, yeah, so the blood on this ring is from the guy, the girl, Fran O'Reilly, Francis Cirelli. <laughs> struggling with this guy he probably cut this person that was strangling her right and there's only a few different spots that she could have actually struck and that's when 
Mitch walks in, Garner walks in, and another black detective walks in. Dennis was his name. Dennis. Great name. And I don't know. This is the first season one episode we saw. So we're we're assuming there's tension between Dennis all the time between these guys. Right. They're always horning in on his his cases and solving them. Well, they have connections with the police, though. Well, of course, because Garner was a former cop. Right. Garner was a former cop. This is. Uh, I mean, uh, Mitch is a uh, lifeguard, which is practically a cop. Practically a cop. Yeah. And then Ryan has connections with the, her corned beef boy yeah. that we just saw right here. So they have so many connections to work under the police. And the police are like, I don't care if this, uh, you know, Dennis, he's upset. I want your contact. I want the information. This is a serious fucking case. And we want to solve it. And they're like, they just go, wait, wait, we're getting, wait, we're getting, we, we need to talk about. Headgear that Garner is wearing. Okay, Garner. There's still. I of time. thought he was wearing a baseball cap, really pulled back, like back backwards baseball cap. Yeah. No, Garner, who's like a middle aged black man. Yeah, is wearing a do rag, or we call them wave caps back in my day. Oh wow, okay. Do rags, and it just was odd. It reminds me of the energy, like. I watched a lot of Reno 911 growing up. It came out when I was a teen. It was very funny to me. I still think it's pretty funny. But Jonesy would you know, wear they them. Made, they made a Matchbox car for the guy who wears the short shorts, his car. Oh, yeah? I saw that Dangle. literally like a day ago. Jim Dangle. Yeah. Uh, they got The Rock. That was one of the best movies that The Rock's been in was Reno 911. I believe it. Because Re- uh, The Rock has not been in many good movies. I don't, I've yet to see a good Rock movie. Like, I, there's a lot of people who like Moana, and outside of that, well, that's a it, kids movie. That's not that's not really a rock movie. I'm not saying it's not for us, but I'm saying that's the one he's been involved with. So uh, yeah, Dennis is like, give me your contacts. You guys are amateurs. I'm the professional here. Let me know what's going on. Like we don't give kiss and tell. We don't give up information. Yeah, they go quiet on him. They're all fiddling with instruments and everything. Ryan's looking at her fucking alien she jar. She's her lips. Can't wait to. Just... She's sipping some of the brine out of it. It's yeah. disgust- it, the pungent smell alone. It's great. And so Dennis realizes he's an audience of one, and he starts telling it, "Oh, you guys aren't gonna fucking talk. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and guess that this case involves a girl named Addie, whatever Eddie the fuck." Nichols. And I'm just gonna go ahead and, and a guy named Steve Sachs. I know both those motherfuckers. So you're not ahead of me. So they head outside. Ryan and Garner are over the moon. They start talking about their love of men's literature, particularly the the writing of Raymond Chandler, the character Philip Marlowe. That's right. And they do all like whoever this is like some obnoxious thing, the guy who wrote the episode's a big Raymond Chandler fan. So he had to shoehorn his like fucking fan fiction into it. That's right. And they're talking, waxing poetic about it. Mitch barely knows how to read. He's we're not used like, to seeing Mitch as a third wheel, and here we are. They, he's literally left holding he's a, the, the fucking jar of corned beef. Right. And they're just going back and forth, and he's like, yeah, I read too. And they are ignoring him. This is killing Mitch's vibe. Right, because he's the hero in his he's, story. He's the universe. Right. He C- is Truman. CJ. From Baywatch comes to him for advice all the time. We learn that in our <laughs> one Baywatch episode. Oh my god, I forgot about so many callbacks. So many, so call many callbacks. Backs. Go listen to him. Learn to love Mr. Paul London. So Mitch sees them off and he is like, Bye, I guess I'll pick up the Thai food and meet you back at the office. 
Have you ever had Thai food in the little Chinese? No, <laughs> I think they do. I think they actually do some of it like that because they do similar yeah, dishes. I guess so. If you have like a side thing or something, but I've always only got it in like always the, in the styrofoam. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such. I don't know. I can't speak for people on the West Coast, but we in the Midwest, we got Thai food in the eighties, and it was so exotic. Oh, really? Yes, like mid-80s. Tell like, me more. I'm very fascinated by this. Bangkok Express was the only place it had in Ferndale, lovely Ferndale on oh, Nine Mile. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Is it still there? It's still there. That I'm was pretty the first sure. one. Nice. And yeah, that was that was like wow. All you know, we said Chinese food. That's all you had, right? All we did was Chinese food. Now it's Thai, and we had the worst Chinese food, like America. Yeah. Just I don't know. I'll eat it, but I yeah. love it's, it. It's not traditional, right? No, it's but, shit. But it's like but, neither is Mexican food in America. That's not traditional either. Oh, right. but I'll eat that shit. No, it's pretty good too. But uh, yeah, so no, that's all I have to say about it, Griff. Okay, but uh, I was hoping uh, you had more history on Thai food coming <laughs> to America or coming to Michigan. Lower East suburbs of Detroit, Michigan, more appropriately. That's all I have. Anyways, Mitch is left to his own devices. He's upset. He's just been fucking dunked on twice. His colleagues, his best friends, his acolytes. And so he's walking back to his car. He's like, what the fuck did I do wrong? Did I not put my coat? Is my coat on? Is my pants fall off? What's going on? And as he crosses the parking lot... He turns to his left, and entering the parking lot is that Bronco. Familiar Ford Bronco that just knocked over that scaffolding. And the music starts to get dark and ominous. And who's driving that car? Old scrotum sack. Hello, Mitch. And Mitch's like, hey, I can't help but notice that damage to your car. Why didn't you file an insurance claim? I don't have a policy for sending a message to stupid B.I.s. Yes, it was that unintelligible, people. I got the perfect uh, Ginty impression. We all thought, like me and Murray reflecting on, they're like, this is exactly how Assy McGee talks. And right. No, Assy McGee's more legible. Yeah. <laughs> so we learned that Sex filed the missing persons report for Fran and then lied. About, why did he lie about knowing well, her earlier? To Mitch, yeah. yeah. He lied to them. And then he's like, Mitch, like, why did you lie? And, and in perfect Ginty tone. Why not? All right. The police are trying to get a hold of Addie. She is she is freaking out. She's a suspect now. She they they need they need to get someone undercover into sex, phone sex business. Let me set the background here. We're at, we're back at headquarters. Yeah. Well, yeah Mitch's headquarters. Yeah. yeah. Addie has come. She's distressed. She's like they're, the police are coming on me. Is Darren they, there, too? I think Darren. No, Darren was okay. not there. He's not there. They're, Working like, on his dirt bike. They are suspecting me of this. They're pinning right. me. We only have two suspects, we learned. Sex and violence. And Mitch is trying to comfort her. There's no way you could have killed Fran. She was strangled from behind. Right. And Ryan goes, oh, actually... You, uh, a woman, it doesn't matter. You'd be amazed how Mitch. easy it is to crush a trachea. Exactly. Like, even these hands could do it. Even these weak, frail, feminine hands. And you look over to her two partners, Garner and Mitch, and they are like, this fucking bitch. How could she fucking demasculate, emasculate us like that? So they're like, we need to get into sex. We know sex did it. Obviously, this is how he's still perfectly cast. Guilty. I don't even. Where's the mystery to this episode? No, Murray. We come into this episode and we're like, oh, Robert Gin- Gil- guest starring Robert Ginty. Guilty Ginty. <laughs> exactly. They sound so. The it's same. alliterative. It it's, works. Ginty is. 
way Ginty says guilty. Yeah. Ginty. Give guilty Ginty the guillotine. There you go. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> I can't uh, never say it once. So. So yeah, and uh, they're like, we got to get in there. How are we gonna do that? They look at Ryan. No, 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 no way. So she's a method. Ryan is. So she's like, if I gotta do this, because I'm not talking these mouth breathers, these cretins, these creeps. Yeah, they're the worst kind of perverts in the world. So to become the kind of woman that would actually talk to these women, she's gotta peg Bundy herself up. She gets those big ass acrylic nails put on. We're in a very close shot of her. We don't know where she is right now. Yeah, is she. We so, assume she's at home. Is she, yeah, she's at the office. We. You're spoiling it. Okay. We're so, no, it's like the, the shot was so close. I was like, oh, she's at home in the comfort of her own home. It was weird. They had a full-length mirror in their office. Yeah. What that was about. All right. So, yeah, she's, she's like. We're ah, good cop and bad copping all over here. How can I do this? How can I talk to these gross fucking greasy mouth-breathing creeps? She makes one attempt, and she's pretending someone calls her. And she goes, no, you fucking gross-ass honky bitch. I hate you. This is where the, I don't know this woman's name. This is where she earns her pay because, oh my god, oh my god. We're, I can't even do justice to us. We're just gonna play a little. We teased you earlier. You're gonna get. You have to hear this too. Yeah, and let's see if this turn. Let's see if this turns you on. This is Candy. May I help? No. No, no, that's not going to turn anybody on, especially these mouth breathers. Breath. Breath. That's key word here. Okay. <clears throat> Hi. This is Candy. Can I... Oh, that works. Can I help you? So, um, what's your name? Oh. Mitch, huh? Wow, that name just drives me wild. So, Mitch, tell me what you look like. And don't leave out any vital statistics. <laughs> huh? Oh, what's that sound? Oh, that's me wishing you were here so I could blow in your ear. <laughs> oh, Mitch. Mm. Oh, Mitch, you're so wonderful. Kiss me. Mm, please, just, just kiss me. Oh, it'd be so. Oh, hi. How long were you? Uh, I was rehearsing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we both know I can't cut it as one of these phone sex bimbos. I sound like Mr. Ed with asthma. <laughs> Actually, I thought you sounded kind of sexy. Oh, yeah, go on. Really? Really. <laughs> That's awful. And we, I, I imagine I left all the audio in there where she was like coy about. She just. She had to think about Mitch in order yeah. to get into the mood. And then Mitch. Not, like, they don't do an establishing shot of him in the office, like, coming back from the bath. He appears in the frame. Like, like he heard somebody talking about him in a sexual manner. Yeah, somebody and said Mitch himself. Buchanan three times, and he appeared. And he looked in the appeared. mirror, and he appeared. He appeared. 
and he's there, and he just kisses Ryan on the cheek because, yeah. She asked for it. Exactly. Literally, she asked for she it. She asked for it. He keeps audio uh, microphones in his office right. just in case. And then, like she said, she's like, you think I can do it? I sound like Mr. Ed with asthma. I thought it was pretty sexy. I thought it was pretty sexy. That's a better Mitch voice. All right, so she's got she's got her confidence now. She's like, I can be a whore. That's right. Next day, she's arriving. First day at she's, old SS Ventures. Okay, we uh, we said uh, Ryan's definitely method because Steve Scrotum Sack has never seen her before. Yeah, somehow she's mm. like, I have to be in disguise. She wants to go method though. So she's wearing a wig right. and she's wearing some hoochie mama outfits. Even though, why would you have to wear any kind of sexy outfits? When you're on a phone sex line. But she's method. She's really trying to distance herself from Ryan. She's trying to be whatever Cindy or whatever her name is. A standard Cindy. Because we see Nancy Cartwright comes in and she's like, all right, what are you going to be, girl? She's the new girl. She's like, do you want to be the teenager? Why is it teenage nurse? That just... That seems makes him creepier. Right. It could be any nurse. How can a nurse be a teenager? They got to go through school. 19. Like... You you don't want a fucking teenage nurse. They keep hammering home. Yeah, they don't know what the fuck. Unless you're doing. insisting that the hospitals keep fucking like that kind of staff. And she's on like, it. look, you're a starter, honey. You're gonna be a standard candy. And she's like, what's that? She's like, because you're not ready for the hardcore S and M shit that that you know Julie over there's doing. You're a standard candy. So as she's starting to like, you know, get settled into her little cubicle, we see everybody in the background. Women are constantly like twirling their hair. Yeah. There's one woman bored out of her mind, sex talking, filing her nails. Everybody else is like pulling Biting their shirts their back. Bottom lip, yeah, do, doing all the Sally stuff from uh, Malibu Express. Yeah, sexy Sally. Yeah. Sexy Sally. And then we finally hear jowls. Door opens, and then you hear the jowl well, march. Well, also, Nancy, uh, Nancy Cartwright said the calls are sometimes monitored, which totally fits what Ginty and Steve Sachs would do. Yeah. No private stuff. Keep no it private. business. Right. So then you're... That's his personal collection. So he just walks out and notices her. Like, he walks right by, but turns around and looks at her, and then we see him go out the front door with the guard. Rubbing, JJ his, cr- rubbing his crotch, I will, I will say, by the way. You like that? No, Is I didn't like Luger I style? Didn't, I didn't like that at all. I was <laughs> oh, horrified by it. Oh, okay. So now she's, she's she's losing her nerve. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. She's talking into her like wire that she has. Yeah, we're like, what the fuck is she doing? Oh, she's mic'd up, and she's yeah. talking down in the parking lot of this building, which, again, is dilapidated. There's nothing around here. So two guys staking out is painfully obvious. Right. And they're waiting all day, by the way. Right. At least eight hours. And she's like, because she gets, she takes a call. She's like, I'll try it. And then she's like, you sick motherfucker. What the fuck did you want me to kiss you? You're the scum of the fucking earth. If I swear to God, I'm tracing this number. I'm coming to your house and I'm fucking slitting your throat. And he just wanted to kiss her hand. Kiss her hand. That's how sick this guy is. That's right. So you get... You know, Mitch, hey, hey, hey. And then Garner Garner takes the radio from him. No, you got to do it like this. Oh, babe. Oh, shit. Slow it down. Tell me again. Blow in my ear. And then he goes, 
I don't know what the turkey noise like. What the fuck was up with that? I, well, hey, I don't want to know that much about Garner's sex life, but apparently he's into some. He's gobbler. Calls. He's a gobbler. Gobbler. And Mitch goes, "Look, why not think about a guy that your grandmother masturbated to? Say Clark Gable." And even she's like, "Isn't that a little too old for me?" I hate it when Mitch, aka David Hasselhoff, said Clark Gable. He turned to the camera and winked. A little too much for me. Was he trying to say he's the modern Clark Gable? I thought it was perfect. But you thought it was perfect? Yeah. You didn't like the guard touching his dick, but you liked <laughs> David Hasselhoff. Well, here's winking. the thing. She finally gets her courage back. That Clark Gable line worked. She gets a second call, and she finally gets into it. And this is a TV first, a fucking media first. I don't think it's ever been done before. We get, in the first time recorded human history, a sex phone line montage. But not just any sex phone line montage, because we're getting the sex phone line, and we're getting some smooth, bluesy-ass Steven Seagal-level blues. We got it, Griff. My Poonani. Griff. That would have been the perfect song to play, my Poonani. If only. Got to play a little of this, because we can't do it justice. Uh, not really. Yeah, I kind of figured you would be. Really? Where are you now? Oh. Oh, me too. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think I can handle that. I always had a vision. So after our montage... Can we just point it out? Oh, During oh. the montage, Garner and Mitch undo their pants and jerk each other off. But they say no homo when they do hey Guys, it. you'll learn more about the no homo yeah. code. It's a kid's thing, I think, from the 90s. I lived through it. It's a code. And no homo. Okay. So, yeah, she, sex is gone. She finally, Everyone's not paying attention, so she's like, I can finally sneak into that office. Pops into Ginty's office, a.k.a. Stephen uh, Sultry Sacks. What was his name? Stephen Scrotum Sacks. Scrotum Sacks. Not sultry. <laughs> Nothing sultry about this. Salty. Assultery. Assultery Sacks. And this is, most, this is probably the most terrifying episode ever of Baywatch Nights. Because she's looking in, and all of a sudden, we see these jowls as a gopher from she's behind. She's backing up into a dark area, and I swear I started to see drips from the ceiling. I was like, oh my god, Zarktha? I know Zarktha is canon to the Baywatch Nights world. And then the jowls grab her by the jowls. Yeah, well, she doesn't have he any, but. just her with his jowls and cuts the commercial. We had to take a break. I, we, I, I said, Griff, turn it off for a sec. Yeah, I had to compose myself. We paused it. We went outside. We reflected. I said, Murray, what's your deepest fear? And we really got to understand each other while we stared into a fire. Yeah. And we came back, and now we're recording the second part here. Uh, so, of course, 
uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan shrieked out. Yeah. Oh, I need help. And Mitch and Garner come, come to the rescue. They just fucking steam, like, blow the door off its hinges. Yeah. They run in. They barely remember to put their dicks back in their they pants. They they're were stumbling because their pants were around their ankles. <laughs> but they get inside the office, and it's just Ryan and St- Scrotum Sacks just talking. That's having right. a drinky poo. That's right. And then we they start talking with sex because this is like the greatest red herring of all time. We learn that he might not be the murderer. No, Fran. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. Never say that. Fran O'Reilly. You're fucking wrong. I don't know. It's pretty convincing because they start talking and he's like, "Yeah, that Franny, she was going independent, and I wish her luck." You know this, and she's like, "This is this is a hard business." It's sick business. No, Ryan comes in. It's a sick business. And he's like, yeah. And let me educate you on something called the U.S. Constitution, the Supreme Court, and the First Amendment lets anyone be as creepy as they want to be. This is before cancel culture, people. It's before Twitter. Yeah. And he just goes, (laughs) yeah, gotcha. Right, and he even points out, you know, that bitch friend, she's taking tapes of everybody. Nobody wants, you think you want your mom to hear you being the, the teenage nurse? No, they'll humiliate you. Right, and that bitch friend was taking tapes of everybody. Probably had tapes on this Eddie girl. She got under a lot of people's skins. So Mitch starts pushing in a little harder. He's like, let's drop the jowls here. Let's drop all the fucking jowls here. Tell me some fucking truth. Did you see the guy who punched in that door? He's like, as a matter of fact, I did. It was some clown. He pointed that out. He's just like, yeah, he she pisses off people so much. There was a guy who actually oh. punched the door down. So none of our private investigators can question this guy to get information. He's just spilling he it out. He just gives it to <laughs> them. Because he's so smug. So ginty. Some clown trying to grow a beard. And then they're like, do we know anybody with an awful beard? We do, audience. So we cut over. Ryan is back in their office. This is what she does in every episode, I've noticed. She's always examining something on a microscope. Every episode. She's got that blood sample. And she's like, I identified the blood type. Do you do that? But that way? <laughs> yes. It literally says you little B's just... <laughs> or little A's or little O's. I was, I wow. was literally like, I slapped my forehead and I was like, what the fuck just happened? She said that. She looked down and went, that's type AB. And then Garner stumbles in. He's like, what are you looking at, corned beef? What is that? You know, you probably find more looking at corned beef than you would that. She did have a fun. Murray, would you like to write that sandwich? Do you even I remember? don't even remember it, no. So it's I a don't. two. Yeah, if it was a Reuben, it would get a 10. The sliding scale is if you don't even remember the sandwich in the shot, it's a 2. Okay, I believe you. Yeah. And uh, Garner's like, uh, hey, uh, what's going on with that blood sample? She's like, "This finally we get some fucking accuracy. She's like, well, I sent it off to DNA labs. That takes a couple months, which it would back Thank then. you. Every single thing they do would take months in 96. They all get it expedited because... They got their yeah, that's what she tries to do. She's yeah. like, I'm calling my buddy Ray. I got him on the line. And he's like, she, they start talking about the phone sex again. They're, yeah, they're joking around and she's, you know, dismissed. She's like, her. oh my God. Yeah, I was, it's it, embarrassing. Was so, it was so ridiculous what I did. Like, ooh, baby, I just want to eat you up with a spoon. And just, of course, Ray gets back on the line. And, she, and he's, Yeah, Garner's egging her on. No, yeah. you were really good. I thought you were really sexy. Like, Go ahead and do do me the the breathing into my ear line, but also put in a, like a little turkey, you know, kabul. And so she goes, 
Oh, babe, you won't believe what I'm wearing. <sighs> and that's getting Gar. You see Garner's eyes roll over. He goes full Undertaker. But as she's doing that, the person she's talking to on the line goes, what? And then she's like, no, 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 I'm not talking about you. I don't want to blow in your ear. But she gets her results. She has a print that matches. They found they got a print off that little that little sliver. They got a fucking print. Yeah, off that's of fucking it. stupid. Uh, and a blood match. How did he punch the door? So they got the blood type and a match apparently, and a fingerprint. All right, so Addy, we know. Uh, we still kind of think it was Steve Scrotum Sacks. Did we know? It, no, we know. We know. We saw his jowls. Gitty there was clearly. When he said a guy trying to go a beer, we we're like, okay, clearly it's you because you're trying to hide the jowls. He's presumed Ginty. Yeah. Addie's just having a swim, trying to like relax, cool off. Living the best Hollywood life, by the way. They are babysitting a house with yeah. a great dog. Great dog. She's pushing it out of frame here because yeah. she wants all the attention. Uh, she's swimming laps in the pool. He's fu- They got a bagel and fruit breakfast that counters uh, what we saw in uh, uh, the Mitchell movie. Oh, God. What's his name? Oh, the Hong Kong movie. Oh, uh, oh my God. Golden Needle. Golden Needle. Look for that, people. Dude, the bagel spread they had. If you're with the new fruit? to this show, you're being gifted so many great episodes to look into. We've, we've called back at least a dozen episodes. Yeah, we've been contacted by, you know, some of the uh, what are the, the selling markets and everything because they're like, your tippy taps are so full of advertisements for your own show. Well, yeah. We're the <laughs> Infomercials. Big, we're our biggest fans. So fucking D- Darren's like working on a fucking like carburetor on the thing and he's He's stroking this really shitty looking goatee I never really noticed before because it was the 90s. Goatees were a thing. God damn it. Uh. And he starts telling Addie, shut your whore mouth. You're going to start becoming an actress again. We, I need more parts for my dirt bike. It doesn't matter how fucking poor we are. You will never whore your voice out to right. anybody except my wiener. You hum into that dick every night, but nothing else. Just as he's about to slap her, Mitch and Ryan show up. And I don't think so. No one's humming into that wiener. They start pressuring uh, our boy uh, Darren. Darren starts walking away. He's like, I will not engage with you people. I have things to do. Right. Like, well, we have some evidence that you might like to look into. You ever heard of blood serum, blood plasma? Blood plasma? She's got a little vial, and Addie's like, no, I don't. What is. Is that what's inside of us? I thought it was, you know, like fucking Slurpee. It's very interesting, all this, how it all came together. And there's only one person. And a person with a weird half-growing, he's not growing a beard. But that... That's the one thing that humanized Ginty, that he was disgusted by goatees. Yes. That really was the one thing I can connect with Robert Ginty on. That's the one way they made him, like, maybe he is innocent. Yeah. You I'm know. still... I'm, no. I believe, even though Darren did it, I believe Ginty was involved. Ginty paid him. Yeah. Because he did. He ate a friend, too. So, uh, Darren starts flipping as a guy in a goatee would do, and then, so then Mitch slips up behind him. Throws him in a full Nelson, and they go because they mentioned that that there was some blood that matched the blood on this door. Yeah, we found on that ring that Fran was wearing. Right, 
And then they go, where would that blood come from? I don't know. Maybe a scratch on the scalp. And then they push his head down and we see. That guy was fucking <laughs> that was he, a fresh wound. Yeah, he just got in a match with John Moxley. That's how fucking fresh it was. Yeah, he got DDT'd on some half-cut cans and everything. It was dope. Don't worry about it. And then uh, uh, Darren gets the best of Mitch, pushes him off on a bench, and takes off, jumps on his dirt bike, and takes off. I did it for you, Abby. I did it because I love you, bitch. Fran had tapes on you. All right. This is where we get the worst... This is bad. Mitch radios down to Garner. They knew this was going to happen, apparently. Right, of course. He had a he had a mobike, mobike, mo dirt bike, dirt bike. No, Mitch. Well, this is the thing. Darren has a dirt bike, which is an all-terrain vehicle, which fits because we're on dirt roads. Fucking Garner had a Harley. Yeah. All right. You, you're not supposed to be driving on these fucking shitty ass. Not roads equipped for it. Doesn't have the shocks. Does not have the shocks. And so, okay, Darren needs to get away, right? No. Darren needs to like clown these guys and just jump over them repeatedly. Constantly. That's the bit we're gonna watch for eight minutes. This is a forty-two minute episode. Eight minutes of it is this guy. For some reason they had this this episode ends very abruptly. For some reason they had to squeeze this in. We didn't get an epilogue yeah. in this episode. Really fucking padding the shit out. So finally. He gets clown. Garner gets clown completely out of the game. Yeah, because because Darren grabs a nightstick off of Garner's fucking bike. Yes, and throws it in the spokes. He spoke to him like little kids do on bikes. So Garner goes flying, but Mitch, he's in his Ferrari, so he's chasing him now. Yeah, they're like they're, it's like it's like in the beginning of Commando. They had that road where it's just going back and forth, right. like winding down a hill. It's the same hell going down, but it winds constantly. So they're going down, one's going in front, the other's going in front. Eventually, Mitch goes way off in front, turns it around at a bend. It blocks we, the road We can't car. see like what's happening in this shot. Mitch is standing. You think it's just a straight shot. And Mitch gets out, and then he puts his hand out. Stop, Darren. Stop. <laughs> Somehow, Darren puts pushes turbo boost because he there's no jump. He just leaps over Mitch's, Mitch and his car. And this was this was pretty good. I like this. It's a cliff face. So we get the classic. I, we don't see these anymore, and I miss them. We get the classic dummy. <laughs> so a, a bike goes over the edge with a dummy on it. The dummy goes flying. Boom, crashes. Mitch just looks down. No! Cut the credits. That's it? That's it. We padded eight minutes of this episode. They resulted it with he falls over and dies. Yeah, so we don't know what's going to happen to Addie. Is she distraught that her boyfriend kill, killed himself, basically? Well, maybe she saw a guy without a goatee and was like, you know what, I'm ready to move on. Okay. He was horrible. That he was. Yeah. That so, he hey, was. you know what? You weren't going to get a tippy-tap, and bam, there you go. Easter Sunday, our tippy-tap rises from the ashes. You're welcome. And not only that, after Griff sees us out, we're going to leave you with the closing song, In the Night. Sung by day. I could. It was. We had the great opening and we had the great closer. And I was like, we got to use them both because I can't choose. Uh, yeah, no. There, there was so much good music happening in this first season. So we'll go ahead. We'll leave you. And I know I'm listening, but you're listening. And then